0: Get ready for biblical preaching and teaching. I am Pastor Adam Bigelow. Isn't it time to get unstuck? This is the Reaching Forward podcast. John chapter 12 and verse 12, the Gospel of John. On the next day, much people that were come to the feast when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna, which means save now. Blessed is the king of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. And Jesus, when he had found a young ass, that's a donkey, sat thereon, as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Sion, behold, thy king cometh, sitting on an ass's colt. These things understood not his disciples at the first. But when Jesus was glorified, then remembered they that these things were written of him and that they had done these things unto him. And let's read that last verse. But these things understood not his disciples at the first. But when Jesus was glorified, then remembered they that these things were written of him and that they had done these things unto him. Let us pray. Brother Junor, would you ask the Lord's blessings?
1: Praise the Lord. Thank you for your and for your mercy. Thank you because you are king of kings among Lord. you praise. your name, God you never fail. Thank you because God. You always fail. the time in the You
0: Amen. There was a family that had a holiday tradition, they would cook a ham, and many Americans do that, and part of their holiday tradition was they would get this ham, they would take it to the kitchen, and then they would get this big knife, and they would cut. Both ends of the ham off. So they were kind of squared off. And so one day, this wife and husband were preparing a holiday meal and and she was cutting the ends of the ham off and her husband said, Honey, yes, why are you doing that? And she said, You mean cutting the ends of the ham off? He said, Yeah, why, why are you doing that? She said, I don't know My mom always did that That's just what I do And she Husband said Call your mom So she said I'll call her up Called her up Mom Hey how you doing We're getting the The ham ready I cut the ends off Just like you did Why do we do that And the mom said I don't know My mom always did that So That's what I did And uh You can call her. So the wife calls grandma and said, grandma, we're cutting the ends of the ham off, getting ready for holidays. And why did, why do you do that? And grandma doesn't miss a beat. She said, because the the pan was too small. (laughs) (laughs) And so God was dealing with my heart today or the other day and I was praying. Today is Palm Sunday and we commemorate Jesus, this event that I read about, Jesus coming into Jerusalem the week before his crucifixion. And the Bible, it, we traditionally call it Palm Sunday. As we read, a bunch of people, they had these, these palm leaves. Well, there was a holiday there for the Jews, and they called it the Feast of Tabernacles. And one thing they did to commemorate their 40 years of, of uh, wandering... After they came out of Egypt, they would build these little tents. My daughter's getting one tomorrow that looks like a food truck, right? But they would build these little tents and they would put palm leaves on them as one of the uh, building materials. So everybody had all these palm leaves in their hands. And when Jesus came, word got out that Jesus was coming. And they came en masse when Jesus was coming to Jerusalem and they began to take and remove garments that they had and they would put them on the road where jesus was to pass by and these palm leaves they began to put those also down on the ground because they were already in their hands right and if they didn't they cut them off the trees and they put them down and jesus would go over the top of them and this was very common if you had a conquering general that you would remove your clothes They did it with Jehu in the Old Testament. When he was going to be made uh, the king of Israel, they took their garments off and put them on the stairs to honor the conqueror as they rode in. And I thought about this. You know, God, what is the message of Palm Sunday? Now, I celebrated Palm Sunday growing up. Did anyone else celebrate Palm Sunday? And I'm celebrating it today, Palm Sunday. But, uh, you know... I think one of the things that Palm Sunday speaks to us about, and this is what I'd like to preach, is overcoming misunderstandings. (laughs) Overcoming misunderstandings. You see, there's three kinds of things. Have you heard this before? There's things that you know that you know, right? The second kind of thing, there's things that you know that you don't know, like astrophysics. Don't ask me, okay? <laughs> you know that you don't know that. Spence, could you get the door? Yes. Thanks. I know that I can't reach it from here. <laughs> but the thing that I'd like to preach about today is that third thing, right? Those, so you've got things that you know you know. Then you've got things that you know that you don't know. And the third thing are things that you don't know that you don't know. Have you ever heard of those things? That means that you think you know it, but you don't know. And I think that maybe growing up, I celebrated Palm Sunday, and it was one of those things. It was things that I just didn't know. That I didn't know. And I'm reading to you from that scripture. The Bible says in John chapter 12 and verse 16. These things understood not his disciples. So as all of this celebration was going on and people were putting the palm leaves down. The disciples were kind of scratching their heads and be like, um, I don't get it. Why? Because Jesus was not coming in like a conqueror. He wasn't riding a white horse. He wasn't, you know, those princess waves, you know, where the princess wave kind of does this. He wasn't waving like, you know, the prince. or well, I mean, he wasn't a lady, but he wasn't doing that fist pump, you know, where he comes in like after the. Uh, it's never happened to Jacksonville, right? But after you win the Super Bowl, right, they have a parade. No offense to the Jaguars. They could do it next year Okay, or this year. All right, go Jaguars. I'm, I'm on their side. But when they, when they do the, the winning of the Super Bowl, they're all pumping their fists and there's a big parade. And it, why? They're conquerors. They've already conquered. And the, the people are cheering. Well, the people were cheering for Jesus, but then Jesus gets on a donkey. And he comes in and he's not fist pumping. He's kind of lowly coming in. I can imagine him kind of having his head down. And maybe not even uh, giving heed to all of the people cheering. And it seems like the disciples begin to scratch their head and say, hey, what's going on here? How come this, it doesn't really fit. So there's a misunderstanding about Palm Sunday. So what do you call it when your virtual assistant misunderstands your request? Dyslexia. Um, no, no. <laughs> Well, sometimes there's misunderstandings, and there's a, there's a street in Hong Kong, and it's called Red Nalexa Terrace, Red Nalexa Terrace, so what sounds like an okay name, it almost sounds like Alexa, right? Well, it's the backwards writing for Alexander, Say, preacher, why is it Red Nalexa? Because in Chinese, you read the letters
1: from right
0: to left, not from left. So some town clerk was translating it. It's like, oh, let's just translate it, read in Alexa, right? So a preacher, it's a, it's a misunderstanding. Where there's a misunderstanding as well about Palm Sunday. For you see, Jesus was not come as a conqueror. And now uh, the first thing, so like we, we can get misunderstandings in our life. So we're going to look at three things that, you can, that can help us Overcome misunderstandings because they come in our houses. They come in at work. You get misunderstandings and they can lead to hurt feelings and they could lead to separated relationships. But it all starts with the misunderstanding. I believe that one of the greatest lessons of Palm Sunday is that there was a misunderstanding about what Jesus was doing when he came to Jerusalem. So preacher, I've always heard that it was this way, but let me let me let me share with you. The Bible says that when Jesus was glorified, that's when they began to change their understanding of Palm Sunday. It said that when Jesus was glorified, in John chapter 12 and verse 16, you see, Jesus said, I, even I, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Jesus was talking, it said, about the death that he should die. See, Jesus didn't come. Now, a lot of people say, well, preacher, shouldn't we, shouldn't we uh, lift up Jesus and cheer when Jesus comes in? Absolutely. Isn't the Messiah to be Hosanna? Why? Because he's a savior. Absolutely. But you see, people were so excited that they had this misunderstanding about why Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. Hosanna means save now. Well, what did they need saving from? Now, America doesn't know a lot about foreign armies on our soil. A little bit. The War of 1812, the British came. Did you know they burned Washington, D.C.? Right. We had some. We had foreign armies on our soil, but not that much. But you see, the Jews, when they saw Jesus coming, they said, Hosanna, that Jesus was coming as a conqueror. Who is he going to conquer? Rome. They thought that he was going to restore Israel. They thought he was going to give them freedom from political oppression. And you know, it's not something Americans know a whole lot about. But the Bible says that that was a misunderstanding. That Jesus wasn't coming in and he came in on a donkey. And the Bible said he was low. And it's interesting that all of these people cheering for Jesus. Do you know what they were, they were saying a few days later? All those cheering and all that. You know, then Jesus began to get in their backyard. You ever have Jesus get in your business? He went into the temple. You know what he did to the temple when he came into Jerusalem? He began to overthrow the tables and kick people out and say, take these things hence. He said, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all people. And ye've made it a den of thieves. All these people that were cheering for him started to go, what is he doing? What is he doing? He's messing with our status quo. You know that when Jesus came into Jerusalem, the death that he was supposed to die was to beat a much bigger oppressor in our life, and that was sin. You see, when Jesus came, it wasn't to gain political freedom, it was a greater deliverer that Jesus meant to be. You know that when Pontius Pilate said, I'm going to release one person, I'll release one person. You'd think they'd all cry Jesus, right? Jesus! Release Jesus! No, that wasn't who they cried for. Who did they cry for? Barabbas! 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 Barabbas. He's our man! You know why Barabbas was in prison? He was a political insurrectionist. Did you know that? It says in Mark chapter uh, 15 and verse 7. And then there was one named Barabbas, which lay bound with them that had made insurrection with him. He led like a mutiny against the Roman oppression and had committed murder in the insurrection. So they're like, "Hey, Barabbas, he's the general. That's the one that's going to overthrow the Romans." So all of a sudden, when they realized Jesus wasn't come to do what they thought they needed, then all of a sudden, they're like, "Hey, take him away." give us Barabbas. We want Barabbas. He's our conquering general. And it's interesting. Uh, The Bible, isn't that interesting that, man, people can cheer Jesus, but it's only kind of a hollow cheer. But then when Jesus gets down to where we're living at, we're like, ah, take Jesus away. Just give me somebody else. Let's switch the channel. Let's watch Netflix. But you know that Jesus Christ, when they presented him, the, the Bible says, Pilate said, behold, your king, This is Jesus. And the Bible said, they said, away with him. Crucify him. You know that that's exactly what God's plan was the whole, the whole time, was to crucify his son. But it wasn't to uh, make us less, but it was to gain our freedom from sin. The whole presentation of the gospel is to lift up the things that, that nothing in this world can deliver from. You see that when Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, all of us were put into a captivity, not a political captivity, not a slavery to a foreign nation, but a slavery to sin you never know that you know I, I teach my daughter a lot of things we teach her all my wife teaches her art uh, I'm teaching her we're going over flashcards. you know you never have to teach a child to lie right. oh not my baby my baby never lies you're deceived <laughs> you're deceived you have a misunderstanding you know, they thought Ted Bundy was a nice guy, right? He was a nice guy. Who was he? A serial killer, right? But some people, they thought, oh, he's a good guy. He's a hard worker. He's a political advocate. And you know what an activist he was. He was, all, he was good at his job, but he did some other things, right? His mommy thought he was a nice boy, but he wasn't a nice boy. He was an evil man. But you know that when Jesus Christ is presented as a savior, that when Jesus came on Palm Sunday, it wasn't to deliver from Rome. It was to deliver from sin. People were cheering him, but for the wrong reason. They had a misunderstanding. You know, a lot of times, misunderstandings I've shared, they can, they can happen in our life. Because, uh, example, I was correcting my daughter for something. And my wife said, you need to work on your presentation. <laughs> you, ever, you ever had to work on your presentation? Like, okay. I mean, you said the right things in the wrong way, right, and got some hurt feelings along the way, and that's what, that's what can happen if we present things, you might say it right, 100% truth, right, but they didn't want the 100% truth, they needed like Mary Poppins, a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. As Brother was saying when he prayed for the service, he said, you know, we need God's grace. It's like a spoonful of sugar. The great love wherewith he loved us, the grace of God, overcomes a lot of misunderstandings. You know, that you can have a misunderstanding with someone and not even realize. I I was sharing with another minister. I said, I've had people basically get mad at me and they never told me why we had some misunderstanding about something and you know some people maybe if you shake their hand uh you shake it too hard other people you might miss shaking their hand and then you miss shaking their hand you're in trouble one way or the other but it's a misunderstanding that God wants us to know that God, by his grace, sent a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And you say, well, preacher, that Jesus was presented. That's why we present Christ on the cross. We should present that every time we preach. It's Christ on the cross. Because the next thing is prophecy. The, the, the gospel says here, then remembered they, after Jesus was glorified. So after he rose from the dead. Then the disciples, the light bulb, boop, it went on. And it said, then remembered they that these things were written of him. They looked back at the prophecy. And it said in Zechariah in the Old Testament. You know what the prophecy is? It's history written in advance. In the Old Testament, the first two-thirds of the Bible is full of things that are going to happen or have happened in the Gospels. And they were telling us God's plan. God's plan is made available for all of us that want to look. It said in Zechariah 9 and 9, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation. But then it says lowly and riding upon an ass, which is a donkey, and upon a colt, the foal of an ass. So Jesus was coming. Now he had salvation, but his salvation wasn't going to be overthrowing the political adversary. His salvation wasn't going to be giving us. Sometimes we need to think our salvation is like, God, give me a raise. You know what? And God might answer your prayer. And he might give you a raise. He'd say, budget your money. What? This one lady uh, she budgeted her money on January. They had a no spend January, which means they only spent what they had to spend money on. And uh, you know, bills and such. And I think she said they saved like $2,000 by just buying what you had to buy. Brethren, $2,000 isn't a lot of money, but that's quite a race. If you multiply that by 12, that's $24,000. That will buy you half of a car now. <laughs> Right. Two years, it'll buy you, you know, you got to keep ahead of inflation, right? You got to
1: get
0: $150,000 for a you-go. If you don't know what those are, you have to go back for a Yugo. But the Bible says that God's word, when we see it in perspective, we start to see, wait a second, God had a plan, and God's plan might be different than what we think it is. Sometimes we have a misunderstanding. You see, well, preacher, God, uh, I need this. And God's like, no, you need to have a greater need in your life, and it's deliverance from sin. That's why what Jesus was written of him in Isaiah, it said, surely he hath borne our griefs. He wasn't coming. Palm Sunday was not about a, a political victory, but there was a misunderstanding prophecy said it was about Jesus giving us a freedom from something much more powerful and that was sin the Bible said surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows yet we did esteem him stricken smitten of God and afflicted but he was wounded for our transgressions he was bruised for our iniquities the chastisement of our peace was upon him And with his stripes, when they beat him, the Bible says, and when they whipped him, the Bible says, we're healed. God gave us healing through the blood. And and it's interesting, my my wife was singing, and I was trying not to sing with her. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus, for the blood applied. You know, Band-Aids are good if you apply them. You know that things are good if you apply, you know, if you've ever bought something, you apply payment, right? It's no good until you apply that payment to what you're going to buy. Otherwise, they will not send you that thing from Amazon, right? You need to apply the payment. And the thing about the misunderstanding of Palm, of Palm Sunday is it wasn't the application of some military conquest. It was the application of the blood of Jesus Christ to our life that would give us freedom from sin. See, if we're going to glorify God, the only way to lift up Jesus and glorify him is through his son Amen. in our lives that you can be set free. I remember when I came to church and my wife comes to the piano. I came to church and uh, I was a young man and I thought I'd just go and people begin to lift up their hands and worship Jesus. And I was looking around. I'm like, what is going on? And I remember I, I put my head down and I was just like, I have no idea what these people are doing. Well, I found out later, I had some, the third thing is perspective. I looked back, and I found they had a reality in God that I did not have. They were, these were young Marines and maybe a sailor or two. They were lifting up, and they were doing that victory parade, right? They had their hands up, and they were glorifying God, young men who were on the same base as I was in Camp Pendleton. But they had something to shout about. And I remember looking around, and I was like, I don't know what's going on here. But you know that it wasn't that much longer that the preacher came back to pray with me and, and, and asked me if I knew Jesus. And I lied and he talked to me a little bit. And and then I accept I accepted Jesus into my life. And I let his blood wash away my sins. And I didn't feel different. But when I went back to my barracks room, I was different. And the things that uh I began to, you know do in my life God began to deal with me everywhere I went God would say do this don't do that go here don't don't say that don't watch that watch this read your Bible man what happened Jesus began to be glorified in me and you see the perspective the Bible says. The last part of the scripture and that they had done these things unto him you know perspective provides us a wonderful gift when we can look back and say oh now i see and when jesus rose from the dead they can really realize wait a second the preaching of the cross is to them that perish it's foolishness but unto us which are saved it is the power of god when i look back i'm like you know what i didn't need a girlfriend i didn't need rank I didn't need money, I didn't need a car, I needed Jesus. I need the power of Jesus' blood in my life. I needed the ability to lift up my hands and say these hands are no longer gonna be, the Bible says to lift up holy hands, that these hands aren't gonna commit sin, that these hands are gonna commit righteousness, that these hands are gonna do the good things that God wanted me to do. Looking back, that's what I needed. The Bible says this, Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. You know, God has a desire in your life to glorify you one day in heaven. The Bible says, what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall not, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? I know how. It's because he will, with him, freely give us all things. But you see, the misunderstanding can be cleared up through the presentation of Jesus Christ on the cross. Through the prophecy, the word of God. And you know, sometimes we look back and say, man, I handled that situation wrong, but you know what I can do? I can do it right this time. Thank God with heads bowed and eyes closed that he is the God of second chances and the God of third chances and the God of fifth chances and the God of 70 times seven chances. God gives us another chance because he wants to clear up misunderstandings between you and he, because you see, God doesn't hate you, God loves you. It's a misunderstanding to think any different. And that God not only loves you, but God paid the price for your sin that you don't have to because he already did. And all you need to do is accept what he did and it'll make a change in you. And so truly, God can clear up misunderstandings at home. You know that if you're in a relationship and you're a man and you're of a relationship with a woman let me tell you there are going to be misunderstandings but you know what you can clear them up if you put christ first and you put his word first you see his word is a tool that will help you to navigate and negotiate complicated relationships and then you can look back and you say you know what I might not have done it right the first time, but, but now when Jesus is glorified, and now when his word is applied, and I can do it right this time, because I can clear up and overcome my misunderstandings. God, my prayer today, God be the one through faith in you that we can clear up any misunderstandings and live free, free with God, and free with others in our relationships with you, our relationships with men and women God clear up and help us overcome misunderstandings let's find a place to pray these altars are open and God is the God that clears up misunderstandings and you know what it might be between you and your wife you and your husband you and your child but God is the one that can clear them up through his name through his blood and through his power Clearing up and overcoming misunderstanding. Let's find a place to pray. God has something for you when he is glorified in your life, in your heart. Lord, thank you for clearing up misunderstandings. Lord, for your goodness. Lord, for what you do in hearts and in lives.